Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Today's opening tip, James Harden and Trey Young dropped dueling 40-point triple-doubles last night. Harden finishing mm. with 41, Ooh. 10, and 10. Ice Trey logging in Shoot. with 42, 13, and 10. Chauncey Billups, do you see Trey being this good, this young? Did you see this coming? I knew he was going to be real nice, but I thought it would take about at least three or four years to get this <laughs> nice. Yeah. Man, oh man, young boy is balling. I am so, so hopeful he stays in that all-star voting starter spot because what is the all-star about? Amazing offense, and that is what we are seeing from this kid. You don't need to play defense in an all-star game. James Harden, even he tweets he's got to give it up for Trey Young. Welcome to The Jump. I am Rachel Nichols alongside, hey, look, it's our NBA champ, Kendrick Perkins. And who is back, 2004 Finals MVP. I am so Thrilled to have Chauncey Billups back in the building. Well, Welcome back, Chauncey. Happy to be back. It is, Happy to be back. It is a real season now. Some people say, oh, the NBA season doesn't really feel like it gets going until Christmas Day. <laughs> it really feels like it gets going when Chauncey Billups is back on the show. I am thrilled, Chauncey. All right, coming up, we will break down the dust-up between Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren last night. Um, Yeah, this was so, so, so good. Was Jimmy out of line, though, for calling T.J. trash? Ooh. We will discuss that. All right, first, the Thunder are not usually a sentimental franchise. This is the team that gave Kevin Durant's number 35 to a rookie after he left. And while some teams will do a tribute video for anyone who wants to chew to pack gum in their arena, <laughs> the Thunder just don't, ever. Not even for James Harden when he came back the first time. The closest they got was actually when Paul George came back to town earlier this year. During the regular pregame introductions, the PA announcer said a few extra things about the community work PG had done when he was in Oklahoma while some pictures flashed above his head. That, that was it. So it would be in character if tonight, when Russell Westbrook returns to OKC for the first time since being traded, the Thunder didn't do much. You know, just say something like, it's just not their way. Except that's not what's going to happen. Nothing about tonight is going to be unsentimental or quiet because, my lord, that is not what Russell Westbrook was. For 11 years, Russ soared around that arena like a firecracker on a string. No one worked harder. No one played harder. No one was more fun to watch. Certainly not when he barreled toward the basket like he was trying to outrace a bullet train and then dunk so hard you could hear it over in Texas. Russ helped win playoff games that nearly tore the roof off that arena. He helped give Oklahoma City its lone NBA Finals appearance. But most important was what he did the season after KD went to Golden State. Russ wasn't just left behind. He stayed on purpose, signing an extension. He told a team and a city and its fans they were worth fighting for. And then he went out and fought, putting together one of the more colorful MVP seasons in recent memory. There were the commercials, of course. Remember, um, some make, some run, some make runways? Yeah, spicy. There were the triple doubles. The weight of history that brought even Oscar Robertson out to honor him. And then there were the thrills as Russ led the league in fourth quarter scoring. Led the league in the clutch. Led the league in, yes, this seems hard to believe in retrospect, but I promise it was true. Led the league in player efficiency. The Thunder were hardly the NBA's most dominant team that year, but game after game, Russ led comeback after comeback. 
He was my favorite right at the end of the regular season in Denver. OKC, down 105-103. This is the skin of the skin of his teeth that Russ beats the buzzer. Launched that 36-footer that, of course, went in. This sealed a 50-point triple-double. Gave him that average of a triple-double for the season. And knocked the Nuggets out of a playoff spot all with one shot. So much fun. (laughs) Of course, that Russ, MVP Russ, we didn't see the same player in his final seasons with the Thunder. Even with Paul George, the team couldn't get out of the first round. Well, I believe GM Sam Presti when he says the initial plan was to try to run it back one more season. I also believe the Rockets did the Thunder a huge favor by making that trade for Chris Paul. James Harden and Tillman Fertitta wanted Russ. So therefore, Houston wanted Russ. So therefore, the Rockets were willing to pay a premium for Russ. And they did, sending Oklahoma City not just CP, but two first-round picks and two pick swaps. It was an ending that let everyone get out with their hands clean. The Thunder and its fans didn't feel abandoned. Russ got to go play for a contender. And now tonight, he returns. The same ball of fiery emotion he always was. And the town that usually doesn't show too much emotion itself will break character for the night to reflect their departed superstar. They will cheer and holler. And yeah, for the first time ever even show a tribute video because Russ was just different and he was worth being different for. Johns, when you look back, this is the moment, right? Russ mm-hmm. comes back to Oklahoma City. You look back at that trade. How do you feel about it six months later? Well, I, I, I'll be honest. Um, you're talking about two first ballot Hall of Famers, two of the greats that will ever play the game, ever lace them up at the position, mm-hmm. trade it for one another. I think Chris is the back part of his prime, mm-hmm. still playing very well, mm-hmm. still leading those guys. Russ in the middle of his prime, to me. But I think it was a good trade for both teams. Mm. You know, I really do. Um, Chris is doing a good job over there, leading those guys. You got Shea there. I mean, they're, they're playing well. Dennis. And Russ, too, on the other end, if, Houston, if you're Houston and you wanted a guy that's going to be explosive, you can't keep him out of the paint, he can make other players better, he can do all of those great things. Well, He's doing that. Mm-hmm. His usage is down, obviously, playing with James, but he's balling. He's still doing that. So, to me, it was just a good trade for both teams. I got to go with Chance. I got to go with Chance. It was a great trade. It was a good trade, and it's working out well for both sides. If you look at Chris Paul, it um, <clears throat> the run that him and James Harden had together in Houston, it was good. Mm-hmm. But I like Chris Paul better with the OKC Thunder. Why? Because it's structure. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Paul is a point guard, meaning he liked to be in structure. He liked to run plays. Mm-hmm. He liked to run sets. That's not necessarily what Mike D'Antoni and the Houston Rockets like to do. And on the other side of it, if you look at Russell Westbrook, he's a guy, like Chauncey said, he likes to get up and down. Sure. The Houston Rockets are what? They're number one in pace. Mm-hmm. The number one in pace, and James Harden, just when we thought he couldn't get any better, he's arguably having one of the best seasons of his career right now playing on the side of Rush, which that trickles down the line. Think about it. KD, four-time uh, scoring champion. Paul George, before he got hurt last year, was on the verge of possibly winning the MVP. And um, when you look at a guy like Russell Westbrook, he reminds me of Kevin Garnett, just that mentality that is contagious, that he brings that kill out of you. Mm-hmm. And what he did for James Harden is James Harden defensive, defensively, 
his all his numbers went up through the roof because you can't look Russell Westbrook in the eyes and not go out there and compete at a high level on both ends of the court. Yeah, well, you played with both those guys, so you would know that comparison. I want to look Man, that's at that's a young skinny the- perk right well, there. Hey, <laughs> getting off my floor? ass to get back up in the gym. He actually man. jumped over the phone book right there. <laughs> he can do that now. He just chooses not to. That's it. That's what it's all about. We can throw the numbers up there of CP and Russ. Seeing some of what you guys are talking about here. Um, look, I-, I think that Chris was not maximized in the Houston system, right, because of the amount of usage that James Harden has. So Chris uh-huh. is being allowed to be Chris more of the way he is in Oklahoma City. With Russ, look, his shooting has gotten better, and it's going to have to continue to get better because the way he started the season is going to be a detriment for the Rockets. If they get to the playoffs and he is not a reliable enough shooter that when teams double James Harden, they feel like Russ is a threat. Like, that is going to be a yeah. problem. So I am waiting until the playoffs to make a judgment really on this trade. And that really speaks to just the level the Rockets are at. They are such mm-hmm. an elite team that it's really championship or finals or, or not. And, yeah. and that's the standard they've set, right? That they think it's kind of a failure if they only get to the second or third round. So I want to see, does this swap, does this deal make them a team that can get further in the postseason? And then we'll know. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what, I feel good because I actually – Pick the Oklahoma City Thunder to make the playoffs before mm-hmm. the season started because well, you can never playoffs. count out Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing, I have to give him praise and applaud him, man, because he embraced this situation. Mm-hmm. He didn't cry about it. He didn't mm-hmm. whine about it. He didn't force his way out. He he embraced this with open arms, and you have just to a winner. Credit. Yeah. He's just a winner. Paul, Chris Paul is just a winner, period. You can put him wherever you want, he's just a winner. Absolutely, and we are seeing that yet again. I want to get to... The news story of the day, Cavaliers coach John Beeline apologized this morning to his players after stunning them in a film session yesterday by saying that they were no longer playing, quote, like a bunch of thugs, a story first reported last night by our Adrian Wojnarowski. Beeline says that he meant to use the word slug, not thug, and was alerted by his coaching staff after the meeting as to what his exact verbiage was. Beeline spoke to reporters about the entire situation earlier today. So first of all, I want to be clear out something that, that yes, yesterday in a film session, uh, uh, I used a word that uh, when I meant to say uh, slug, uh, the word thug came out. Uh, it was brought to my attention a couple hours later, called all the players afterwards, uh, explained the situation. We met about it today. We apologized. I apologized about it today as well. It was not it never intended, and uh, it, uh, I think the players understand that now, but it, it's... Uh, something I have to learn from and uh, just uh, uh, enunciate better and, and be, be just uh, more clearer with what, what my intentions were. Kendrick, if you were still a player on that Cavs team, would you accept his apology? Um, first of all, he's already lost the locker room. He, I mean, this is a story that's, that came out a month ago. So it, if I'm a player... What, what people fail to realize is that the NBA, you look at it and to, to people outside, it's a hobby. This is a job. This is work. Sometimes you go to work with people you don't like, but you still have to come to work. So you don't have to be friends with Coach Beeline. You don't have to accept his apology. As long as you step into them lines and go play the game of basketball, that's all that matters. And, Do you believe uh, him? No, I don't believe him. I mean, he said what he said, but the thing is he can apologize, but there's no way – you're going to sit up here and make me think that the sky is green and the grass is blue. I'm not buying it. You can't say, oh, I meant to say slugs and you said thugs. You said what you said. How about just come out and apologize and said I should have just used a better choice of words? 
Well, if I, I mean, if I was in that locker room, it, it wouldn't have had to wait until tomorrow right. or today. You know, we would have talked about that in real time. In the moment. You know, in real time. And I wouldn't have been the only one in that locker room. It would have been a few guys step up and say, wait, wait, what did you just say? Mm-hmm. Because obviously he didn't understand that. But to me, I, didn't, I never understood the hire, you know. Um, <laughs> and I know he's a great coach in college. Um, but in, 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 in a world right now where everything is about being in touch and in tune mm-hmm. to the team and relatable with the team, to me, he's out of touch, yes. you know. And this, this is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really understood the hire. I agree with Perk. I feel like even before this happened, the locker room was lost. Um, so he hadn't built up enough equity with the team for them to step up and say, oh, no, coach just messed up. But we, but we rolling with coach. Yeah. He hadn't built up that kind of equity with the guys. And can you sort of explain for people, look, I've never been a young black man in a professional environment. That just, that's, that's not what I look mm-hmm. like. Can you explain why that cuts so much when you work so hard to get where you are to hear that? Well, it's such a negative connotation um, and, and, a, and, a, and a, is, it's a racial undertone to the word thugs when you're talking about African-American players, whether what sport it is, it doesn't matter. Um, and that's always going to cut deep. You know, um, by the way, he's been a champion, played on some great teams. So have I. You need those dogs sure. on a team. Right. You know, you need that. To me, that word could be taken a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if we was off camera, it'd be a little different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, what we <laughs> would describe those <laughs> players <laughs> as. Who, who it's coming from. Correct. How it's coming. And Correct. to your point, even from a and the 60, 66-year-old white man, maybe if he had spent more time with them, you spent time with Larry Brown, there's a different relationship after Correct. a period of time than maybe something else. His future with the team seems to be okay. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting this morning that they intend to move forward with him, that John Beeline uh, not only spoke to some members of the team last night after this became sort of more of a story, but then also again today in that team meeting. They're young players, and so a lot of them met individually with GM Kobe Altman and again, the reporting is that Kobe says that the guys were universally or at least largely okay with it, that they understand it was serious, but that they were okay moving on. If you're a young guy in that locker room, are you comfortable saying anything else besides, okay, I guess we're going forward? Do you feel like they had the room to say, no, 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 this is a problem, we got to get rid of them? I, I don't know. I haven't well, been in that situation. Well, well here's, here's the thing, and i got to piggyback off of what Sean said. This is the thing. We would address the problem then back in, in the, the moment. day. But the, the Cavs don't have leadership. So who's going to address the problem? You know, it's, like, it's not like the Cavs have a voice. Kevin Love is not a voice of the locker room. Obviously, we've seen that, and there's no knock on him, but he's not a leader. Well, in this situation, too. Well, yeah, but he's not a leader. But I'm Tristan saying Tristan stepping up. I mean, well, there's mostly young players being yeah, Tristan. So, so it's like, what do you do as a young player? You just kind of fall in suit. And then all of a sudden, you meet with Kobe. Kobe go tell you everything you want to hear, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with Chance again on the back end. I said that, that this wasn't a good hire from the jump. You know, um, he he was he did great things for us when he was in the college level. But this also could be a humbling situation for Coach Beeline to put his pride aside mm-hmm. and do a self check and say, "Hey, I got to approach things a little differently now because I'm in a different situation." Yeah, it will be interesting to see how they go forward. Obviously, the franchise would not be eager to get rid of a coach they just hired. And, and sort of start that process all over again. <laughs> They're pay, supposed to pay him again for exactly for the next four years. So 
It's a, it's a developing situation. Coming up, we will talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo made his debut at the Chase Center in San Francisco last night. Now, after the game, his conversation with Steph set NBA Twitter on fire. Don't do it. What were they <laughs> talking about? Don't do it. We will read his lips no, after the Giannis. break. First, though, it's time for he our Disney doing replay that. from this date in 2002. Guess who looked good on this date Uh-oh, in 2002? Mr. Big Shot. Oh. Back rim. Hey. Oh, That's a little skinny. I, was, I wasn't even Mr. Big Shot yet. Talk oh. about young, skinny. Oh. Not just oh. you, Kendrick. I was just young, chancy. I wasn't even Big Shot yet. <laughs> Middle Shot. <laughs> Tune in, do the clapping, and be like, action. It's a make or miss league. Maybe a little more funny than that. I didn't, I don't know what the, I don't know, what, what am I make or missing? It's a make or miss league. Cut that. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, we'll see more of that later. Make ingenuity. Bucks Warriors. Draymond working out of the post, loses the ball. It goes through the wrong end of the net. And then back. That's, that's a bucket? That does not bucket. count. That does not count as, oh. as a bucket. Have oh. you ever even seen oh. that before, oh. I have not seen that before. Through? And then I, is that so like that's like a little floater? Is that a, like a, a reverse floater? Or what we got going? Draymond been doing a lot of crazy stuff this year, man. Draymond been doing a lot of crazy stuff this year. Day, I know you didn't work on that this summer, boy. Yeah, here. Miss competition. Rockets Hawks. Atlanta decides not to guard Clint Capella because that's just not what they do down there. And he proceeds to miss a few layups, but he gets all his own rebounds. <laughs> what he gets to Sean Marion on, boy. He it in. Had them stats. He's he like, wanted to get to them 20 boys. He know what he was doing. Look at him. He, and he, nobody he, still got there. He don't even lay up the ball. He usually dunk it. So, yeah, he was bad. Come on. Clint, we Come know on what you're Atlanta doing. Hawks. Treat him like he's got the flu. He's not contagious. Go guard him. <laughs> Make versatility. Nuggets, Mavericks, check out this defensive possession by Jeremy Grant. Ooh. Right, he's got Luca on a switch. Blocks him once. Uh, Give me that. Blocks him. Jeremy Grant's been a huge pickup for that one. Huge pickup. Here it comes, here it comes. Right. Oh, give me that. <laughs> 15 points, three blocks, two assists, and a steal yeah. in Millsap's absence last night. Guys, right? They need him. I think he's the guy that's going to step in when, when Millsap is, you know, when he's finally done in Denver, which he's been balling. He's all season long. Been fun. This was a really fun game. The Mavericks had this until Nuggets score with seven seconds left. It was really good. All right, Miss Sanity. Nick's Jazz. Boyan Bogdanovich driving in. Bobby Porter smacks him across the head and gets a flagrant. It's the second consecutive game this has happened. What is his deal? Oh man, I guess he's trying to set the tone think. or whatever, huh? I know, but I don't. I think he was going for the ball on that one. On that one, that was Two a tough play. In a row, though. I don't know, Chon. I don't know. This one right there, it, I can't vouch for that one. Right, look at that this. That one is tricky. Lee. That's tricky. That's, I mean, a, that's a scrap. That's a scrap right there. That is a scrap. That's a scrap. But the other one, the other one though, I mean, he, he was going for the basketball. The other one. Even if he was going for the basketball, we always talk about what's reckless behavior, right? If you can't, you have to at some point. There is a line where it might not be intent to injure, but if it's reckless, where it could really, I mean, that could knock a guy out. Yeah. Literally. Repeat offender. Mate, he got he got charged twenty five grand for the last one. I can't wait to see what happens with this one. Mate, grip back to Atlanta. John Collins. Rising for the one-handed alley-oop. Oh. Right? Then go over to the oh, G League. Check on Dante Hall. He does the same thing. Oh. Right? We got...
Cassius Stanley of Duke Man. getting way up. Look at this one. Oh, oh. I'm so mad I wasn't blessed with hops. <laughs> I'm right. so jealous, man. You was blessed with other things. <laughs> Please. So Please. good. Please. All right. I'm not even going to make you choose from this one. I want to run it back to the best one-handed alley-oops ever. Number five, Fonzie Wells to Sheed in 2001. Oh, Woo. Oh, okay, shit. <laughs> Johnson, you know about that version of Rashid Wallace. Okay, ball on line. Look at that. <laughs> With the hot top force. Number on. four, Wade to LeBron 2012. Ooh, One yeah. hand and whoop. Yeah. Oh, man, looking inside the rim. Yeah. <laughs> still had moves to go. So that'd be Fight crazy dude. Dunk is still on the way up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, gotta check on Bonzi again. This time, Stromile Smith Swift gets it, 2003. Oh, ooh, so that's crazy because Bonzi didn't even pass like that. I can't believe he on here this much. <laughs> hey, but no, Bonzi, don't be calling me talking stuff either, boy. It was only but one so, hand. You know the worst, pa- the worst uh, pass on live. I mean, the best lives is the worst passes. Well, that's, that's true. That's true. All right, this is Lindsey Hunter to Grand Hill, 94. Ooh. Talk about when he still had hops. Oh. Oh, with Ooh, the left. Okay. You know that was a bad pass if he had to catch it with catch the left. Catch right, right. Falling backward. Yeah, right. Under the basket. Hey, I love you, Lance. <laughs> you know who's number one, right? Vince Carter. You gotta this be. Is from D. Brown, oh, 2000. Oh! <laughs> now that's definitely. Oh! Does that even count as an alley oop, granted, where that was delivered? Look where it was delivered to, though. Jeez. <laughs> Best dunk in the game. Best dunk in history. How about that? That was in 2000? Yeah. It's 2020, and this dude is still He's playing. Still crazy. Still and can still dunking. catch a lob and do all still that. Still Duncan. All right, coming up, Dang. we're going to get to Jimmy Butler because he called T.J. Warren, quote, trash after their exchange last night. We'll react to that and the rest of Jimmy's colorful language next on The Jump. Tip off your weekend with our NBA Friday doubleheader on ESPN and the ESPN app. 715 Eastern, Pelicans, Knicks for Madison Square Garden. And then we've got the Mavericks hosting the Lakers. See, that would be LeBron James and Luka Doncic. Mm. I'm going to do halftime for that, so just come hang out with me. We'll watch it together. <laughs> Welcome back to the jump alongside NBA champ Kendrick Perkins. Finals MVP, Chauncey Phillips. I'm so happy today. Things getting a little chippy last night, though, between Ooh. Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren in the third quarter. They had to be separated multiple times on the same play at one point. They had to be broken up twice on the same possession. Um, Butler could be seen telling Warren that he's trash. Warren shouted some choice words back at Butler. Warren eventually ejected. Butler blew Warren a kiss here. Warren gave a hand gesture, a lot of emotion. This was after the game. I think it's tough for him because I can guard him and he can't guard me. Like at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Um, but like I said, um, I think you just got to watch your mouth in certain situations. There's some that you just don't say as a man. And, um, I mean, he, he got he to see me the next time because I, I feel like what he said was, was truly disrespectful. And it's all good because um, we see him again. I'm, I ain't scared of nobody. So, you know, he's talking about, oh, we're going to fight, this, that, this, that. It is what it is to me. And then what did you notice the middle finger from him and was the blowing of the kiss soft? He's soft. He's not he's not even in my league, like nowhere near me. Um and if if I was their coach, I would I would never put him on me ever again. He he's like no. Put somebody else on me because I'm I'm a Ted. 
What's up every time we go? So He's trash. I'm sorry, that was amazing. Amazing. And by the way, oh Jimmy Butler doubling down with an Instagram post after of course, the game. Of course. Circling Friday, March 20th on the Heat schedule. That is, of course, the next meeting between the two teams. And the caption was, T. Warren, don't be mad. You can't guard me. We will see what you are about in March. So, Perk, you are all team back alley. You have had your share of dust-ups. But, look, the first part of what he said, if he can't guard me, sometimes the numbers are the numbers, and the numbers, if you look at them, are much better when Jimmy is playing with TJ on him. He does very well. <laughs> um, but what about him calling him trash? He's not trash. And, and, and listen, just a teaching point to a lot of people out there in the world because I see that. Listen, the NBA, if you make it to the NBA, no guy in the NBA is trash, all right? Mm-hmm. So let's get that understood. And secondly, I love Jimmy. I love his competitiveness competitiveness. I love the way he approached the game. It's hard work. But TJ Warren could play the game of basketball. Like, this kid, this guy has been really playing well for the Pacers. Um, and, you know, sometimes trash talk get a little bit out of hand, but nobody's in the NBA is trash. So let's get that clear once again. And then I love the way he circled the game on the schedule. So I'm going to be making sure I watch that. Oh, we'll all be watching. We'll, we'll all be watching be amazing. that. But, I, I mean, I agree. It, obviously, T.J. Warren is a good player. Yes. You know, he, he's been doing his thing. Um, but there, there is, there's no such thing as nice trash talk. Right. It's you want to dig deep. You yeah. want to cut a guy deep. You know, <laughs> like, it is what it is. You know, I, I love the competitive nature, the competitive fire of it um, in a league where everybody's kind of best friends. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. And it stands out. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to the 20th as well when, when they play. Is it March 20th or <laughs> right. whatever? I'm looking forward to that too. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I would be blowing a kiss at a dude when I was mad. <laughs> but it's all good. Like, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Look, unless you are T.J. Warren's mother, that 20 seconds of Jimmy Butler talking was incredibly entertaining. Oh, I am yeah, sorry. That's what, so, Jimmy, that's what Jimmy do. Jimmy going to give us that, though. That's the so Texas good. boy, though, right there. Absolutely. And, look, you guys always tell us there are things that are off limits, talking about players' families, things like that. So if, if there is a whole category of things that are off limits – Maybe trash is okay to say. Maybe the, you know, to your point. Yeah, trash, like, what trash is okay. What are you going to say if you're going trash out? Trash is actually that, very It's very nice. clean. Yeah, we very can nice. say it on an afternoon from, family from program. I've heard so. Perk call a lot, say a lot worse on the court. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just over there oh, on know, our practice you, court. So, you, you know. heard our boy. Yeah, he did play with tickets. So, you know. Woo. We had Kevin Garnett on this show just a couple weeks ago, and we almost had to tape delay. All right. It was a short night for the Celtics star Campbell Walker on Wednesday. In the third quarter, Kemba takes hard contact on a screen by LaMarcus Aldridge. There's no foul called, which led Walker to give rookie official Evan Scott a piece of his mind. Scott gave Walker one tech, and as Walker persisted, he gave him a second tech, which, of course, got Kemba ejected. Take a listen to what he had to say after the game. It's the first time I've ever been ejected in my whole life, so... I am a two-time sportsmanship award winner as well. <laughs> uh, so maybe I should get a little leeway. I've definitely seen, I watch a lot of basketball. I see, I see other guys do a lot worse, but like I said, the choice was his. He made it. I mean, look. Kemba Walker might be one of the nicest humans on the planet. Yes, and yes he is. He Great admitted guy. to using some bad words, but nothing personal. Randy Mott, the officiating crew chief, said, quote, Walker used profanity words toward an official, which per rule is a technical foul, but Kendra, 
Did Kemba, did he deserve this ejection? Absolutely not, man. I mean, come on now. The, the officials got to have some type of accountability. Like, you made a bad, you missed a call, obviously. Missed like, call. you missed a call. You blew it. Mm-hmm. You blew it. And you expect the guy not to get up from that and be angry. Like, sometimes as an official, put your pride aside and say, you know what? I messed up. I know the guy is, you know, feeling a certain type of way right now. I'm going to take this one for the team because I messed up as an official. Like, it's not going to be nice, but that's a young ref. Obviously, a lot of young refs try to make their mark by you know, it's, first, it's a, the refs' first year in the league, and you've seen yeah, that yeah. over the years, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a it was a really bad missed call. It really was. Um, and Kimba wasn't irate. He didn't go crazy. Um, that ref, he deserved some foul language. Yeah, really right. <laughs> right. It just is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I know I've said a lot worse and didn't get ejected, mm-hmm. even though I'm old. I played, <laughs> I played the last century, but um, no, nah, he didn't deserve. He didn't deserve that. He he really didn't. The ref made a bad call. I'm pretty sure that ref woke up today or looked at the tape and said, dang, I messed up. Right. Um, So he should be accountable, but it is what it is. It happens. Given the last two segments we've done, I'm not sure if the referee, Evan Scott, should be near a Jimmy Butler game anytime soon. The language in that one. (laughs) All right. Let's move on. Oh, I got to say one fan was so upset with the objection. He threw a beverage on the court. Nicole Yang from the Boston Globe tweeting, it was a can of truly hard seltzer, which I admit I had to look up. It's like a a Zima sort of thing. Um, Our guy, (laughs) Richard Jefferson. Yes, I got a Zima reference on to the jump, just saying. Um, Richard Jefferson tweeting this about his experience in Boston. They threw pennies at us during the conference finals my rookie year. We told our security and he just told us, duck. So, <laughs> there you go. Last night, that's the Bucks the- came into the Chase Center, <laughs> handled business. Look, sometimes that's all you gotta do, duck. Uh, after that game, though, Steph Curry and Giannis were seen chatting it up. We know Giannis, right? Now, not this season. Next season, if he doesn't sign the Supermax as a free agent, and I'm not saying that because I'm trying to bring up him leaving Milwaukee, I'm saying that because Steph was seen saying, we got to team up, basically. That's what the lips were reading saying. Now, here's the rub, though. The rub is that Steph told Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes that they were he was not talking about on the Warriors. He was talking about an online Battle Royale game. we got to team up. So, um... Perk, do you buy this, that that's what Steph was actually talking about? From their history? Yeah. From how they did when they went recruited KD? No, I'm not <laughs> buying this. I'm not buying it at all. Steph know what he was doing. I, I, I tell you, Rachel, I keep telling you, it's something about that little light-skinned dude with the green eyes, man. I'm telling you, something about him. He over there recruiting. Gian- Giannis, don't do it, man. I'm buying this. Giannis, don't I do it. I believe anything Steph said. <laughs> He's one of the best human beings in the world. Steph was talking about a video game. That's fine. I'm buying it. All right. Well, so here's my thing. Let's say it's all true. He was talking about a video game. Don't you think that's still an effort to kind of get a little closer to Giannis and when the time comes? Listen, Giannis is going to get $250 million, man, five years. He ain't going nowhere. Right. I mean, that's ultimately the thing, right? There's they're certainly going to offer him that Supermax in Milwaukee. The Bucks have already been fine (laughs) for talking about it. And uh, things are going so well there, it is hard to see him leave. All right, coming up, let's talk a little Lou Will. Mm. He says the Clippers have gone into games without the same mindset that they had last season. Can they rediscover that underdog mentality? Chauncey Billups, an expert on the Clippers now. We will get his take. Here is what the jump recommends for today. Also, in advance of Russ returning to OKC tonight, our guy Royce Young on ESPN.com poses the question, does Russell Westbrook's game have a shelf life? There's some really interesting numbers in here and some great anecdotes. Look that up.
weekend, the Clippers gave up 140 to the Grizzlies. They gave up 132 to the Knicks. They are at the end of a four-day off stretch, and our own Young Masuk has a story up on ESPN.com and the app detailing their efforts to get back to their, quote, underdog mentality from last season. Here is what Lou Williams said, quote, We went into some games without the same mindset from last season. He's talking about, he said, I think we have to develop some of that mentality back, just get back to the grind. So, Chance, can the Clippers rediscover their underdog mentality? You're around this team day in and day out. Well, yeah, I think they can, of, of course. I think Lou's Williams, uh, Lou Williams' uh, comments were on point. Um, it's tough going from... Are you an underdog if you have the, two of the top ten players in the no, league? No, that, and that was going to be my point. And the point. best bench in the league? No, or that two, was going to be my fans, point. Whatever you, you want to call it. Now people are circling you on the schedule. You're used to being the one that circled mm-hmm. teams on the schedule. So that's a tough, it's a different mentality that you need. Um, to me, and I've been around the team a ton... To me, you know, the Lakers have just been so good and, and, and they really have been the big brother in this city. But now it's changing and it's different. And I think there's been so much value put on being the best team in L.A. Okay. As opposed to let's just be the best team in the world, right. in the league. You know, so they've been good against the Lakers. But other teams have come in and they've been they've beat they've beaten them a few times or even on the road. So. It's a mentality thing, and I think Lou Will said it best. Of course they can get back to that. You know, they have great leadership from ownership all the way down. Um, great great bench, great players. I mean, they'll, they'll be fine, but it's a mentality shift that you have to have to say, we have to be great every single night. Okay, but you don't get to just be an underdog because you say you're an underdog. They were an underdog last year, certainly went into that Golden State series, right? They're not underdog. I don't care no, no. what you tell yourself. You are no. not underdogs in no. any, almost any game you play in. No, right? they're not underdogs. And this is the thing that I take away from the Clippers. This is the thing that I think hurts them night in and night out. Um, you know, they have to shuffle guys in and out of lineups because of whether it's Kawhi with his his low management injury situation, PG sometimes he's out in and out. Patrick Pe- Patrick uh, Patterson he plays some nights he don't. Like they're shuffling players around. One night Magruder start. Patrick Beverly been out, so they haven't been able to put like ten games together with the chemistry mm-hmm. where guys actually know their roles and know the beat of that spot because their role is changing night in and night out. And I think that's why. The comments that uh, Montrez made, mm-hmm. I agree with him more because it's more about consistency and establishing that role. But the Clippers are still a dangerous team. Oh, but once they get to clicking around March, April, when they start, they start putting those games together and guys start playing more and Doc establish those roles more, they'll be really, really good. When you are that high a talent team, you don't need as many games to <laughs> Get chemistry. You know what? The first round of the playoffs are for that. So we'll see what happens there. Let's switch over to the Lakers. Anthony Davis questionable for L.A. tomorrow in Dallas. He was injured after this fall. It it looks so bad, right? Versus the Knicks on Tuesday. The Lakers are the top seed in the West with a four-game cushion. A.D. and LeBron, who was limited in practice himself today with flu-like symptoms, have only missed three games combined all season. So, Kendrick, how important should playing to keep this number one seed be for the Lakers? I think it's very important. I mean, you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, it's going to be the Clippers and and the Lakers Western Conference Finals. But you can't just say that. I mean, listen, this West team is stacked up. 
and uh, you just never know who you may get in the second round. You may have to face a, a Utah Jazz, and you don't want to slide down in a, in, a, in the slots and have to start your game one or have a game seven in Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You fight so hard to have home court advantage, and Charles know this. Like, you know, we fought so hard in Boston when we first won the championship. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad because you got hurt. Yeah, you should feel helped, bad. But you helped us out <laughs> of tremendous, right? So Charles get hurt, but we fought so hard to have home court advantage. And we had home court advantage against the Lakers in the finals. Well, and you needed it, it. You went to seven games in every series. No, not, uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we did. We went to seven <laughs> games, and I think you can't take that for granted. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't disagree as somebody that actually has lost the NBA finals in a game seven on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you understand how valuable you know, being able to be at home for that last game is. So whether it's the Lakers, Clippers, Denver, the Bucks, whoever it is, home court advantage, the number one seed is a huge deal. Yep. Period, point blank. Yep. And, of course, the Mavericks in this game will be looking to bounce back. I mentioned earlier in the show they lost right at that last seven seconds to Denver. Luka Doncic having a tough fourth quarter. Didn't speak to reporters after the game, which Tim McMahon says is the first time he's done that all season just because he was so upset with himself and just Mm. couldn't quite talk about it because he was so frustrated. So I would expect him to have a bounce-back game tomorrow night, too. It's going to be a good one on ESPN. All right, up next, do not go anywhere. Since we have Perk in the house, we're going to play... One of our favorite Uh-oh. games. Retweet or delete accounts. Uh-oh. Wait till you see his social media. It's so good. First though, time for our second distant replay of the day. This one is from this date in 2000. Oh. See White Chocolate Ooh. twice in this show. Ooh, he was so hey. nice. So fun to watch. Hey, it was so nice. And I think oh. earlier. Oh. Whip Woo. Ooh. Right on time. Well, sweet. NBA Saturday slate <laughs> on ABC begins on the 18th. Clippers and Pelicans at 3.30 Eastern. And then in our primetime game, 8.30 Eastern, the Lakers take on the Rockets. The jump is going to be courtside in Houston. I am so excited for this. Just wait. It's only getting better. All right, it's crunch time here on The Jump. Perk, you posted this video of Uh-oh. your eight-year-old son, Kingston. He was hooping over the weekend. Oh, he is only in second grade, people. Oh, so man. First, he rocking the baby yeah, and all that. He get that. Russ is his godfather, so that's where oh, he get all right. that from. If Russell Westbrook is your godfather, that would explain so much. Uh, his nickname is Stone? His name's Stone. How come? Because he's so big, but his grandfather gave him that name, so it just stuck with him, and it's kind of like... <laughs> He got back. he got game out there though. Yeah, he got more game. Yeah, he ain't just a big man. He Look at him strut around. Now I asked you how right. tall he was, and you said he is in second grade as tall as my sixth grade. Oh come on, Dang. he is. He weighed like a hundred and two pounds, but he's mobile. He actually played running back in football, too. Oh, man, that ain't fair what he doing them little kids, man. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Practiced full five-on-five five today after being out two months with an injured right shoulder. Coach Kenny Atkinson saying he is, quote, progressing fantastically. Kyrie says he hopes to be playing in about a week. Chauncey, are you encouraged by this This is news? good news for everybody. I miss seeing Kyrie out there. I mean, I'm sure the team misses him, but, man, I, 
I need to I need to see them highlights. Right, a lot of hurry up back. I'm happy over what this injury was from all sides. Whatever um, it was, I know. Said one thing, then he's feeling better. That's good for then, all of us. Right, absolutely. Um, no, we need they need him out on the court, and obviously the fans in Brooklyn would like to see him out on the court. All right, speaking of interactions on Twitter, I want to get to one of our favorite segments Uh-oh. we have for Perk. <laughs> it is retweet or delete. We give you Perk's recent tweets. You can stand by it or disagree. Chance, if you want, you can chime in with whether you think he should retweet or delete. First one, after Trey Young's 40-point triple double, Perk wrote, I'm going to say this one more time. Steph Curry wasn't doing the things that Trey Young is doing in his year, too. So, would you retweet or delete Perk? I'm retweeting this. Ooh, and Chance backing I'm you with up. You, yeah. I'm, I'm retweeting this one. I'm telling you, man, Trey Young is a generational talent. This guy is really special. Yes, he is. I agree 100%. I mean... Obviously, we know how special Steph is, mm-hmm. but in his second season, mm-hmm. Trey is doing a little more than Steph was doing at that time. Now, who knows if he'll make it to the level of Steph right. and be the champion? Who, who knows any of that stuff? But what we know right now in this small sample size, <laughs> that boy's the real deal. And, and the reason that I compare him to Steph is because he's been compared to Steph. So well, he says he's modeled a lot of right, his game right. on Steph. So, right. so like, even last year when he had his downs, people was – Killing him. Oh, he's not Steph Curry, and right. it took him time. But the thing that separates him, in my opinion, is those dimes. His, his, the way he's able to score, we knew this, but I didn't know he his court vision was oh, like the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like I actually pay my hard-earned money to go watch him play. Well, look, yes. I mean, the thing that's notable. I mean, so many things are notable about Steph Curry, but one thing that is notable is that he was this early, and then you know his mm-hmm. career trajectory shot up, got the ankle inj- injuries under control, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's why Golden State had him on that sweeter contract that allowed them to add in some of the other pieces they eventually did. So, Trey over him right now in some of these respects, but we'll have to see if he also... Maybe he's going to take a shoot-up, too. We'll find out. Uh Perk's next tweet. The Sixers offense, really bad, he says. Easy to guard. So predictable. This is now two All-Stars that have complained and had a problem. The Sixers offense, it is time to address the elephant in the room. And that elephant is Brett Brown, Kendrick Perkins. Retweet or delete? I'm retweeting again because, I mean, at some point, when is he going to be held accountable? You put all these pieces around him. You're in the front office with Elton Brand making these decisions, building your team. You you know what trades are going on this summer. So it's your job as a coach to put these guys in position to be successful. You're supposed to yes. know their strengths and weaknesses. What do you got? Ooh. <laughs> I am going to second that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I just believe that Ooh, I feel as good, a coach. Charles backing me up today. As a coach. Hey, 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 that's serious right there. As a coach, Ooh. your responsibility is whatever pieces they give you. Yeah. He's blessed to have the pieces that he has, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You got some generational pieces there. Yep. Your responsibility is to make these pieces work. <laughs> and um, you know, personalities, all those things, you gotta hold these guys accountable. You gotta be demanding, you have to be relentless. And I'm not sure that's what's going on. So I'm, I'm riding with Big Perk. Wow. Wow. <laughs> riding. All right. We'll see if you hang on for the last tweet, though, because here is his perk on Lonzo Ball. One thing about me is I'm not scared to admit when I am wrong, and my apologies to Lonzo Ball because I made it my duty to watch this Jazz at Pelicans game tonight. I've been watching him very closely. He is a special talent for damn sure, and he is falling. All right, retweet or delete? I'm retweeting, and I it's apologize. basically so, deleting an old opinion to yeah, retweet this Because one. I called him a bus, and, but then, in my defense, 
He, I mean, we had what to, had we was. had to give, we had to criticize him. Avagentry had to put him on the bench for him to, for him now to come out and start producing. Mm-hmm. So I'm retweeting this because I'm a man and I'm own up to it. My bad, Lonzo, you balling out, you doing your thing, handle your business. I, I listen. I agree. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hey, I'm three. three for three today. We're we three for three. I appreciate <laughs> him being able to come on here and say, you know what? I raised my hand. That's yep. my bad. Yep. Young fella, you've been balling. Yep. I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a very good player in this league for a long time. Is he a generational talent? Is he a perennial all star? Yet to be seen, I'm not sure. But I think he's going to be a positive winning player. Uh, my, my, my day all is all good today. Right before Trust we go, Chris Dobbs Perzigans recently had oh. a platelet-rich plasma <laughs> injection. We will see how he goes with that. He is still sidelined, has been out since New Year's Eve.